Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Dubuque Family Eye Care knows your vision is important because with great vision comes great confidence. Dubuque Family Eye Care is a modern, innovative clinic with doctors and staff who listen to their patients, are experienced in eye disease, and offer comprehensive services from eye exams, glasses and contacts, to state-of-the-art treatment for dry eyes. Dubuque Family Eye Care has you covered. Schedule an appointment today. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Episode 110, John Tomasi, formerly of WEI.com, now of NBC Sports Boston, trader. Hundreds. So if you, they say if you're writing for WEI.com again, let's go back in the time machine. Mm-hmm. And as we sit here, um, this is a good exercise. Yeah. What would what would be what would John Tomasi be doing right now? <laughs> From the moment like he tweeted the seven smiley faces to the follow up tweets to the fact that we were talking to him in the clubhouse on camera about how much he hates Dennis Eckersley, I think it would be pretty straight. It would be what Bradfoe calls a straight ball down the middle. That's kind of what I was going to write. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to it. I well, mean, that's the only reason I asked, just to confirm that I should write that. Yeah, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. So I let's think go, your instincts so are good. So let's go through that really quick. So, um, or or whatever, whatever time it's allotted. Um, you know, when it comes to this David Price conversation, it is it is bizarre. Like as we sit here, like I, I understand sort of the people who say it's two years ago. Why is this being surfaced? But here's the thing. When a guy, anytime a guy tweets anything, right, first of all, anytime mm-hmm. a guy tweets anything and tweets it as many times as he did this morning and then said some more, and there is more, and then his, the manager has asked about it on OMF, the radio, and then you go to the clubhouse and, as you said, hold a four-minute press conference, which is the most pointed press conference of the entire year, not even close, yep. then I'm sorry, this is pointed going, and pointless. Yeah, yes. So this is going to be, this is going uh, going to be something. Um, so take me back to the beginning of this morning when when you first heard about it. Did you did you ever think that? Well, what was your impressions when this thing started? The story or pr- well, okay. Price so being... so okay. This so Chad Finn writes writes a story. Yeah, which was really good. Club. It was really good. Everyone said it was really good, and it was also like. As I said to Chad, like, 
you had a pretty good subject. You know what yeah. I mean? It was almost like, and he said, you can't really screw that one up, you know? And you can't. And it was engaging and everything. I guess what I would start with is the fact that, and this is a lost art, a lost cause, I don't know what you want to call it in today's world, but the idea of that story was, what was the headline? Or something like, I'm so lucky or something like that? Yeah, and it so was something like, yeah, it was very short. It was very yeah, short. Yeah, but the idea, the whole, like, the topic, the thesis sentence, if we're going to go back to, like, high school English, was this is everything Dennis Eckersley has overcome to become this joyous presence on the ra- on the TV. And so you go through all of the trials and tribulations of his life, from his marriage or multiple marriages to his alcoholism to family tragedies to Kirk Gibson to all of this stuff. And David Price is part of that. He mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And so... Chad asked him about it, and there's like one sentence, one quote. Thank you. (laughs) We just want to bring you the feel of the ballpark, by the way. Josh Taylor. We're just a couple guys hanging out, eating, drinking, and soaking in a Josh Taylor warming up. (laughs) Josh Taylor bullpen appearance. Um, So anyway, so, so the whole idea of the story is this is all the stuff he's overcome, and... That's part of his story. That's part of what he's had to overcome. So the idea that he's not allowed to talk about it is stupid. It is stupid. Well, it is you know, not David you, well, Price's you know, place well, you, to yeah. tell him what he can and can't talk about. You knew going in that well, you go, you do that story, and good job, good job by Chad for first of all getting that story, mm-hmm. and you have to ask about that. That is just it's it's non negotiable. Yeah, you have to ask about it, and and so he does ask about it, and Eck isn't. Basically, if we talk about, because one of the things that we we're getting now is why didn't he give a no comment? Why didn't he give a no comment? That's what David Price yeah, was saying. But, but that, but that, that was that was basically Dennis Eckersley's no comment. It was a no comment, but it was also like the point of the story was if he's going to no comment that, then he should probably just no comment everything in the story. At which point there is no story. Yeah. What happened with Rick Manning? Oh, I can't comment on that. Yeah. No comment. You know what happened with your family? Oh, I can't comment. Well, okay. There's not a story anymore. So the idea is is that he is being open and transparent about these things that have happened throughout his life and that have not stopped him from becoming Eck, like the guy that everyone loves listening to on TV. So when, you, so when you're reading through it, there's a lot of information there, a lot on the Rick Manning thing. Um, when you're reading through it and you get to the part on Price... Does that do you? Are you first of all when you're reading through? Are you looking for that part on price? No, because no. I already know I've listened to Dennis Eckersley did a great podcast. Oh my goodness! I think David Price called it a radio interview, but it's close enough. It was a podcast. Say it, say it. So close. <laughs> Just say Brad Foe's show. So close. And by the way, so I was listening to. I was going back and listening to OMF react to the to the whole stuff, and. And Glenn goes, like, you know, like, heck, like when he was on with Christian and I, like he was never on with Christian and you. You played the sound for the podcast. Anyway. Listen, that's not my problem anymore. That is, You yeah. would be furious if you were still working with us. <laughs> I'm furious. But, so behalf. you were going through, like, you, you, he had already talked about yeah, this. Yeah, so we knew what he was going to say. And frankly, like, I guess, you know, there's mild curiosity. Is he going to broach any new territory? But... You kind of knew, like, we know the particulars of it. He has been, both of them have been pretty outspoken about it. You know, Price with his regrets, which aren't, which aren't entirely convincing, and Eck with how he felt embarrassed and, you know, uh, ambushed and all of that. So there wasn't anything in there that, on that topic, like, compared to the Manning stuff, where he talks about, 
you know, this guy raised my daughter and yeah, I'm, you know, I have feelings about it, but I have to do what's best for my family. Like that to me was far more interesting and penetrating and whatever than, you know, this, the price stuff. It's nothing we hadn't heard before. So for him to get so mad about it, just like it was, it was, you know, an unequal response given what well, was so there. so you know they basically i miss being on podcasts i'm just talking it's and talking it's great and, talking. Yeah, it's, it's great. and the, before i should just say very quickly when rob asked me to do this i was like i got writing you to, do. to do how it. long is this gonna now take now you like i now i've, now I I've can't suck stop. you back in to yep. the to the your love of radio yeah and the hey, love of the it, microphone it, i don't know what if hillman's looking for some help oh my god no it's no, a whole Jerry's new my ball guy. Game. i can't uh, even, oh i can't say that you're gonna have to delete all this no no Sorry. whatever it's just, we're just a, a couple guys hanging <laughs> just out a couple guys sitting in our watching meat josh chairs, taylor. walking josh taylor warm, warm up. up um so so the the story is written people are just you see the flood of you know great job great job great job and then so Reamer, because he this is he's good at it uh, at finding what you know the hot button topic and now that was a lot of people were responding to this thing and so he goes through it and, and you know and in terms of like one of the things that I do think that people were looking gonna be looking for the average fan gonna be looking for in this story is what he ended up aggregating which was the the David Price situation and so he does so he takes out that part and um, and when I saw, I didn't tell him to do it, but he did it, you know, because Alex is smart enough. He can figure things out. And when I saw, okay, okay, that's fine. Like, uh, I would expect that. I mean, yeah. what I would expect you're taking this part of this, this very interesting part of this story and you're aggregating it. There you go. That's fine. I, I have no, I didn't think two seconds about it. Mm-hmm. And then you see that David Price obviously got the tweet, the EI tweet and responded to that. And, and, you know, I'm not going to be delusional and say that david price would have like would have responded to the the chad finn story no but i also i don't believe that someone else probably wouldn't have aggregated it at some point the new york tabloids had already so then there you go they already aggregated and so um so he but you know see he sees the ei thing it gets going from there whatever i'm not going to get I'm not gonna have to defend Alex Reamer about that. It no, is what it not. is. So he, uh, so Price does the tweet, and then it gains steam. It goes more than just beyond the tweet. It begins all the way to the point of him saying, you know, I responding to someone saying, you know, I, I, I well, he's coming in. Josh Taylor's coming in, making history. Just a couple guys waiting for Josh Taylor to come in. So, so, but now as he's tweeting things. You know, this is when it becomes evident that this is hitting home for him. Pitching line on Barnes. And, hold on, we got the pitching line of Matt Barnes. Okay, pitching line of Matt Barnes. One walk, two strikeouts. One walk, two strikeouts. Base is loaded. Get out. Of yeah, it. there you go. Um, but so he, see, so, so he has all these tweets, and that's when okay, now we're going to get going. And this is my takeaway in a nutshell, is that for the people who say it was two years ago, it was two years ago, and mm-hmm. everyone should have just said no comment. Both these guys, this is something that has, for lack of a better term, scarred them, right? Yeah. Both of them. I mean, both of them, and both of them 
hold a tremendous amount of animosity toward one another. That hasn't gone away. It won't go away. Yep. It continues to fester in its own way. And, you know, I went back and listened to episode whatever it was of the Bradford show with Eck, and he kept saying, you know, I just want to put this behind me. Like, when he did that podcast, it was two and a half months after the incident. Yep. And he's like, I haven't talked to anyone. I just want to put it behind me. But, you know, I felt like it was important because this is such an important podcast. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, but that even though he wanted to put it behind, it's like he had been asked this, I'm sure, along the way and probably gave similar answers that he gave to Chad. But with, with Price, I feel like all you had to do was crack open the door a little bit. And by the way, the door had already been cracked open with the Stroman stuff a few weeks ago, yep. right? Oh, yeah. So. Oh yeah, and and Price was asked that. You know, do you feel like the Stroman stuff was? Oh, and, and, and that was you? a quick answer. That was a very quick answer. Yeah, and he was ready. He was ready with the ammo about. Oh, did you watch it? Which is actually a fair point. When Dennis Eckersley pitched, he was shooting. But guys that's what. After he but that, but that's out. what X said. Yeah, I mean that's what X said basically after the fact. He's like, I'm sure everyone hated me. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, so you have the tweets. You then have the press conference. The part that really kind of stuck with me was the idea of the MLB network. I know we live in like a post-truth uh, society at the moment. These are the kind of things I can't say on TV, so I'm going to say them now. Yeah. But we live in an environment where truth is whatever you decide it is, and even if it's not true. So for Price to just blithely say, you know, I watched that MLB network, and what was so telling to me was that there was not a single teammate quoted in that. It was only Eck suggesting that, and that told me all I needed to know, like suggesting that he had no friends when he played and he wasn't a good teammate and he wasn't popular, and then, you know, some Chad Finn does his due diligence and sees that Ron Darling and Bruce Hurst and Ray Fossey and Fred Lynn. And you go down the list of all these people who are quoted in it. But beside the point, it's just like, wait a minute, what bizarro world do we live in where David Price is trying to claim that Dennis Eckersley is unpopular? Dennis Eckersley, the guy who's friends with the, the former teammate who stole his wife, Dennis Eckersley, who makes public appearances with the guy who hit the home run off him that could have ruined his life. Uh, that Dennis Eckersley, that guy, is unpopular and ha and has no friends in baseball. Like that, that's just that's stupid, and it makes no sense, and it's not true. So why why are you going there? Well, it's a, it, it was one of only a couple things that where he was going in to support his argument. Yeah, like this is it wasn't like this came out of nowhere. I mean, you, you bring up something like this that that you've been talking about that. And that's my takeaway from it, which is this is how baseball clubhouses work. And this is why Eck, surprisingly, honestly, and I, just, I learned this when this... Josh Taylor, what's going on? Oh, dude. We he, were so excited for him. Oh, he warmed up so well. He warmed up so well, but the results Over did not Curry, translate. Uh, his 17th uh, run of the season. We know that was Gurriel Jr., 17th. I knew that was coming. That was called me setting it up, mm, yeah. setting up the, the, the was, voiceover. Hold on. Can we get another boom sauce over here, please? Thank you. Thank you, dear. No, they have the 617s now. Six, oh, it, I know. Oh, I know. It's just yeah. a whole thing. I was trying to explain to the fine people at Lord Hobo the other day. Mm -hmm. Like I said, because, uh, you know, Fitzy? Yeah. Yeah, so Fitzy does some things for Lord Hobo as well, part of the team. That, uh, But it's for 617. I said, oh, this is great. We can do this whole, like, taste great last filling. 
and they're looking at me like I have five heads. Oh, man. First no, of all, that's probably copyrighted, so it's a good thing. Well, I'm not saying tastes great, less filling, but yeah. he does 617, I do boom sauce. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a callback. But back. nobody, and I'm like looking for someone who, who looks at, at, the, at the brewery who looks like they're over like the 40? age of 40. If yeah. like, please, uh, I have YouTube like geared up here. Yeah. Red Auerbeck. Yeah, I was just Dick Buckus. <laughs> um, anyway. What that told me, what that told me, when he mentions the MLB network stuff, yeah. it's what happens in in clubhouses, which is someone has some an idea or some information yep. they, they think is definitive, and it just goes from one person to one person, and then becomes gospel, and then you just keep repeating now, it. Now, do you think he heard that from someone else or came to that conclusion on his own? Because I certainly feel like he probably maybe, watched twenty minutes of it and decided, hey, yeah. there's no teammates in here. I think it was probably a little of both, where you're watching it and maybe you're talking with someone. Hey, you know what? I didn't see it all. I didn't see any teammates. Yeah. But and then you know this. Then you say it enough. Like I, I, I'm guilty of this, where I like I have this image in my head of things. I'm like repeat it over and over and over and over again. Ooh, hold on, Brendan Workman's warming up. Um, but you have it over and over again, and. So, you know, we're repeating it, like, and then you realize, wait, that isn't quite right. It's a little off. Now, I would never, ever use it to prop up something something so serious in, at the middle of a press conference that I know could be probably checked. Yeah. Absolutely not. But this is, and this is a microcosm of X existence within the clubhouse, and it has been for a long time. I don't think people understand that because I didn't understand it for a long, until this happened a couple of years ago that, that as much as we we revere Eck and say how awesome he is and how he's a great announcer, it is 180 degrees with most of the players, and it has been for a long time. And that's not complicated. That's because he's honest, and he probably criticizes a little bit more, and also because of this exact thing where it's been passed down from person to person to person. Yeah. The other thing, too, is I think guys look at him, former player, former Red Sox player, employed by the team-owned network, and, and Price has said as much in his comments two years ago after this whole thing. Basically, like, I'm paraphrasing, but get on board, you know? You need to be with us, not against us. And it's like, well, that's just a complete and utter misunderstanding of or lack of understanding of what his job is. It's not to be on the team. It's not to be throwing bombs. But he's not the only one who thinks that way. Of course not. Yeah. But, that, but, that's, but that, I'm just saying that's the issue that the players have in the clubhouse. You yeah. know, and so... You know, they like Remy better because they feel like he's less critical. But that's also its own interesting little, like what you're talking about, where they just all get an idea and they agree. So they all agree that Remy is less critical, but he really isn't. No, well, like if you, you listen to, to Remy, to he's the, critical. Go to the Strowman thing. Yeah. Remy ripped Strowman a whole lot more than acted. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, like, that's sort of how th- these, like, when you're talking about these ideas taking hold or taking root in the clubhouse – that's probably a good one right there, just between those two guys. Now, so you go back to another big part of when Price talked today was, um, hey, you know, I I set up a meeting with uh, with Ack, and I got here early, and he didn't show up. So I went back into episode whatever it was, and and sure enough, Ack said, yeah, you know, we were supposed to get together about a month after it happened, and then basically a little while later, I go, well, would you? want to talk to him he's like no why would i want to talk to him yeah and and so and i and so the the hazy part in what was said because this is one of the things that price is 
Price tweeted. He said multiple times to in the in the press conference of setting up this meeting. Did did Dennis Eckersley know that David Price was going to apologize? Was David Price going to apologize? Because this is a big part of it. You know, it's, I you know, and and I am if if I do think I will say this. I do think that X should have showed up. He should have talked through it because this is one of the things in baseball. I can't be a hypocrite about this. It's one of the things in baseball that drives me nuts. People don't talk through things at all. Yeah. They rather just snipe. In which this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. But we, I guess there's no way of actually knowing whether or not David Price was going to say, hey, Eck, I'm going to apologize. And he says, he still, if he met up with him, now he said, if I meet up with him, you know, I will apologize. Yeah, that was not the message that I was certainly divining from what he was saying a couple of years ago. He was pretty defiant a couple of years ago. The best he would say was, I could have handled things differently, but I never got the impression, I don't know about you, I never got the impression that he was preparing to apologize. No, I, I, when he said it, when he first tweeted it and said it, I had no recollection that he had, like, ever... Yeah. Well, he certainly never said, I'm going to... I want to, want to meet with him, and I want to apologize yeah. to him. Yeah, and the other thing is, I want to devil's advocate you a little bit. Yeah. So... You know, X should sit down with him and, and hash it out. And to that I say, you know what? Screw that. Like, mm. this guy ambushes you on a plane. He berates you and embarrasses you and humiliates you in front of the team. And then, because he's getting heat about it, because let's face facts, if mm. Price weren't getting so much external heat, I don't think he'd be saying, ah, you know what? I was wrong. Let me reevaluate my behavior. Because there are certainly stories about similar incidents in previous stops, like Tampa, and I, I don't. Was there a, a great rush to apologize then? Like I don't know if no, but that, but I, this is where I, I'll half agree with you, is that because I don't know. Like I understand Act being reluctant to do it because you don't know if you're going to get an apology. Because going back to the, when he he had his meeting with the media after it happened, there was about a minute of you know sort of mea culpa, and then it it went off the rails from there. X never in the clubhouse, yeah. and and. If it's like that, then I, I absolutely, you know. But but they so so just to bring it back to what I was saying. So put yourself in X shoes. You get humiliated and embarrassed like you've never been in your career by someone whose entire purpose and point of that whole little display was to humiliate him. That's all that was. That wasn't about standing up for a teammate. That was I'm going to embarrass you and make you feel as small as possible. And then you're supposed to turn around and be, I guess, the bigger person and say, okay, I'll sit down and we'll hash this out. Well, you, I, I, didn't, you I didn't say hash oh, it Hold out. on, hold on. You were a jerk, and now it's my job to help oh, yeah, rehabilitate your jerkiness. No, like, no, I don't no. see. I didn't say rehabilitate or hash out. I'm, but all I'm saying is, in that context, I don't understand why Eck is obligated to take. Well, he's not obligated. I guess I, I just, you know. He's not obligated at all, yeah. but it's like the the I guess maybe the part of the issue is that is that this whole thing of like it just keeps going and going and going and giving David Price avenues to do this. Yeah, where you know I, I'll tell I believe Eck. I honestly believe when he said it on the podcast. I believe it. You know I'm sure as you sit here today, he said I just want to put this behind me. I just want to put this behind me. As you said to come back to Chad's article. I mean that's. That was probably what he was thinking then. So what is the best way to do it? It's, it's maybe that is the best way to do it. Like, I understand, like, if if there's an assemblance, a semblance of that this isn't going to be like Mr. Eckersley, 
I want to apologize. I handled this poorly. And what do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to no, be No, that's why, but that's yeah. what I said. That's where I met you halfway in the middle, <laughs> which was because of going off of that first press conference, which you went through back and looked at, right? Yeah. And it was, again, I don't want to, I don't want to be like the MLB network revisionist history. I want to be accurate. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But it, it felt, what I remember that is that for it was going down the road of, I'm sorry, I did the wrong thing, blah, 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 and yeah. then just took a hard right-hand turn. Sure. Then yeah. it was all about he never shows his face, Remy shows his face, why doesn't he? I've never seen a broadcaster do that. Why isn't he part of the team, the whole thing? In, in Price's defense, he does say multiple times, I will sit down with him in person. I will sit down with him in person. He doesn't really make it sound like he's going to apologize. He's going to explain. He made it sound like he was going to explain why he did what he did or why he feels like he feels which would be a more constructive approach than nice mullet or whatever, you know, whatever he said on the plane. So do you think it ends? I mean, do you- I mean well, here's, here's the, the bigger thing. So I know I almost said we. Well, we too, because TV, same thing. But EEI and, you know, the various sports. And everybody else. And everybody else will be talking about this for the next couple of days because it's kind of a slow point in the Red Sox season. But I'll ask you, do you feel like this necessarily has the same legs the same juice as it did no. certainly not two years ago so that so it's like we've already sort of been through this so I, this to me feels more like a one-day thing and it it doesn't linger because we've already done it it's almost it's like deflate gate at some point there's only so many times you can talk about it before it feels a little warmed over well i mean already like i said at the beginning I and mean, people are saying oh why are you bringing this up again off that's stupid because we painted all the reasons why yeah. you bring it up again but it's it's I think people will try because, like you said, there's not a lot. I, in all due respect to the Revolution's big new acquisition. Yeah, he scored tonight. Oh, did he really? Yeah, Bo. Oh, oh soccer. There you go. Um, with all due respect, it's going to be force. It just is. And the other part about this, too, is is how, remember going back to what, two years ago, how it impacted the team. You know, you not only had the actual incident, but you had – everyone who clapped on the plane right and you had and that was one of my biggest things too which was you know you know price saying i'm being a good teammate and i'm sticking up for rodriguez but at the same time how that ended up where everybody in that clubhouse was was putting the crosshairs did you clap did you clap did you clap bedroy is doing the press conference right before price does his press conference and so that kept the conversation going and then you know behind the scenes the john farrell part of this which Mm -hmm. was i think you agree with me if we're going to look at things that led to john farrell's demise i mean that was a big part of this oh huge yeah huge i mean i think it's fair to say that you know farrell took a lot of heat for how did you how can you not apologize to eckersley and you didn't have to be uh you know a regular reporter in that clubhouse to recognize that if John Farrell apologizes and that gets back to Price, then a manager who was already losing his hold on the clubhouse was going to have not even a toehold in the clubhouse anymore. And, it and was, that does not speak well of Price. And it was interesting with Cora, Cora's sort of how uh, role like in this today, which was... He was asked about it on OMF, and he basically gave the same answer what he did with the media in the press conference a little while later, uh, which was he had talked to Price about something, and then and then um, I think Kevin Gregg had contacted Cora, so Cora called Price back, 
And the impression that, that, that Cora gave was that, that we're just putting this behind us. They're putting it behind us. So when he finishes that radio interview, initially I thought he's absolutely going to do what he ended up doing, which having the press conference in the middle of the locker room. Yeah. But when he, when he says, oh, we're just moving on, I'm like, oh, no, no. He's, he's talked him himself out of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like there is not there is not going to be a Fortnite tour- tournament anymore. No, no, no. Like a lot of us suspect, maybe happened with the Steve Buckley tweet about the White House, where you know I thought it was important for people to see this, and then it, he turns it into because it was disrespectful, and it's like, yeah, I don't know if that was your original intent or not. That doesn't necessarily. Have well, to if you go back, that was in Baltimore, yeah. and we were talking to, we talked about he was coming back from injury, yeah, and. No one asked him about it, and he didn't bring it up. Yeah. But if he really had like like that, like if he really really wanted to, if maybe if he hadn't talked to Cora or whatever, he would have brought it up. Yeah. But I just wonder like how that conversation with Cora went, and did it take a right hand turn, or did Cora just say, okay, do whatever you're gonna do, and then we'll move on from there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just based on what we know about his relationship with Farrell, and obviously he seems to get along a lot better with Cora, but. It's almost like if you're Corey, you have to pick your battles. Do you really put your foot down and say, don't talk about this when he clearly needs to get it off his chest? Or do you just say, you know what, I find this all a little distasteful, but do what you got to do, and then hopefully that's the end. Yeah, I, and that's sort of how it feels. Yeah. I mean, it's how it feels right And now. he can always fall back on the whole, hey, this ha- I wasn't here when this happened. I don't you know? know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know how where it goes from here because the story's written, the quote was out there, Price at his thing. It goes nowhere. Eck certainly doesn't respond to it. No. Eck is not doing the Bradford show in two months. No. No, or no. eight months or yeah. a year and four months. Like, I don't think Eck is not going to respond, so there will be no more oxygen for this. And Price said his piece. There's nothing left for him to say. Mm. You know, I guess the only thing that would change is if Eck does a Price start, and we're obviously picking through every word and says something that... Yeah, but I think it's a good point. But I don't. I think he's already gone through that. And as he pointed out, like he he was talking about having to do the that road trip yeah. the rest of the time. It was I think it was Texas. Uh, it was Toronto, Texas, and Tampa. Yeah. And there was two price starts in that road trip that he was doing. Yeah, but you're just asking how could this story? Oh yeah, be no, he's not. That I think that's really the only way because otherwise there's no. And there's I no didn't fuel. see Nesson. I'm just like out of the corner of my eye. You know, I just maybe but it was like i don't think they <laughs> they have any desire like you know x i think x what's going to nothing be, to say well x is going to be in baltimore the that's oh he is the next yeah so the next series so i was told he wasn't going to be in baltimore either baltimore or tampa he's doing one of those i heard he wasn't doing either of them well that carlos peña's doing tampa and remy's doing baltimore well that was i mean a, i'm in tv now so i know these things that maybe you wouldn't as a radio yeah. person. But. Is, that, is that your agent? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you got the bug again. You coming back, coming back to radio. <laughs> got, the <laughs> got the bug. It feels so good. Oh, man. It feels so good. Yeah. Why are we stopping? Don't, I've heard the best podcasts are like an hour and a half. No, they're exactly 30 minutes and 25 seconds. All right, it, fair. It flew on by, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, it was, this game's going to extra innings anyway. All right. All right. See you. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months. 
and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car looking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with Season 2 of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at YouTube.com MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. Never seen before.